0: everybody to the rich podcast with your host Mr. Wills. Welcome to the weekly Premier League preview show. We didn't do a podcast last week but now we're back and we're back with a bang. The Premier League obviously is going swimmingly. There's intrigue, there's interest VAR. This is why it's the best league in the world. So let's get into the first game. The first game. Saturday, half past 12. Wolves versus Tottenham. Wolves are 14th with 12 points. Tottenham are 2nd with 26 points. Wolves, they have got to be the most unluckiest team in the Premier League. The VAR decisions are just not going from at all. Plus, the loss of Neto does not help either. Regarding Tottenham, what a game that was Monday night against Chelsea. If you didn't watch it... Go and watch it. Entertainment, drama, intrigue, danger. The way Topnum Number defending with nine men was so dangerous with that high line. It's sports entertainment at its highest. But huge blow. Two people sent off. The two defenders, Ndogby and Romero, top players. Madison injured. The other centre-back, um, hamstring injury. Big, big blow for Topnum. If they can go to Wolves and the way that the manager behaved or set up with nine men, I don't expect him to take a back seat, even with, without all his best players. So if Wolves think, oh, we're without all these players, listen, that manager's going there to win. Make no bones. This manager is one of the bravest managers I've seen in the Premier League. He is out there to attack, play good football, and win football matches. Regards, Wolves, they're the same. But Neto is a big loss. He's a big, big loss. Other players need to step up. But the problem is the dribbling skills, the ability to relieve pressure, he's one of the best in the league. But Wolves still got good players. Wolves will see this as an opportunity. They will know that Tottenham without most of the back four, without the most creative player, big chance for Wolves to go in front of their home, home fat crowd to put on a performance and win. Big chance. Anyway, I've got to get into my prediction. I'm going for a Wolves win. And I'm going for 2-1. And the key man, Cunha. The second game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Crystal Palace versus Everton. Crystal Palace are 11th with 15 points. Everton are 16th with 11 points. Crystal Palace, funny old team. Jordan Ayew rolls on, puts in performances. Many believe he shouldn't be playing for Crystal Palace. But he's reliable, isn't he? And as we do on the show, we have to give somebody credit. Yes, we think they could do better, but the man rolls out week in, week out, puts his all into the team. He puts in performances. Regards how they're playing, Burnley last week, typical Palace. I had them losing, but clean sheet, 2-0 victory. That's how they would like to get the job done. It's not exciting. It's not fancy football, but it gets results. We're a top goalie, two centre-halves, top top players, two DM. They're hard to break down. Hope for a set-piece. What I will say is, big news regards Palace. Eze and Elise are back. These are top players. So, they should now have a bit more going forward. And playing Everton at home to, to potentially get on to 18 points, they'll take that, wouldn't they, Palace, all day? They'll take that all day of the week in the season. Regards, Everton. Think There's something about them starting to work now. You can start to see what they're trying to do. They've got options off the bench. They're playing with wingers. Two strikers there. That Braithwaite's made a huge difference up the back. Young rolling himself out. Very reliable. Yeah, I'm starting to see what the manager's starting to do now. Guards, where they are in the league, they'll be happy to stay there the whole season. But they'll also want to see progression of how they play, trying to score goals trying to be better. Because in football and in life, you should always strive to be better. And that's what the fans really look for. I don't think the Everton fans expect them to be 10th, 9th. No, I think they just want to see a better season, better progression, and basically see where the the team can slowly build up to where the the levels of noise again. I like what I see. They're tough to beat, and they've got a counter-attacking threat. This is a good game. I'm going to go for a Crystal Palace win, and I'm going for 2-1. And Eze's back. So the key man for me is simple. Eze. The next game. Saturday. 3 o'clock. Manchester United versus Luton. Man United at 8th. With 18 points. Luton at 17th. With 6 points. Man. United. What to say. Get a good result against Fulham. Don't play very well. Then play well for 20 minutes in the Champions League. Rashford gets sent off. Varane comes on. And we we concede four goals. We can see three against Man City, three against Newcastle, four against Bayern Munich. We just ship load of goals. Now, the manager's changed up the midfield, so now he isn't playing the one and the two, he's playing the two and the one. But the defenders don't they don't attack the ball, they don't pick up men, they don't look they don't see where the where men is in the box. It's it's basic defending really. Any other team in the Premier League would have... With a 2-0 lead... At least got a draw... I'm telling you... But to score three goals and lose 4-3... Against Copenhagen... Disgraceful... Absolutely disgraceful... Gotta be a bit more intensity in the defending... A bit of hurt... A bit of desire... A bit of... You know... That's your mandalo... wambasaka Why are you smashing the ball back to the goal in half for? A bit of care... Varane... Can't pass a ball... Amrabat can't pass a ball. Eriksson can't pass, can't run. McTomley can run, can't pass. Oh, Jesus Christ. But positive news is that... You beat Luton. You go on to 21 points. And where you are in the league's not so bad. But you're not playing very well. Time will tell if the manager can last. Time will tell. Time will tell. Hopefully... He can start getting the attackers to play a little bit better. They're playing Luton. You know the whole the whole stadium would expect to win. Anything but a win against Luton will be criminal. Probably curtains for the manager. So he'll understand the the pressures. Regards Luton. I want to give. I said it last week or the week before. Maximum credit. What a result against Liverpool. Being organised, dogged, fighting for each other. They're pretty well. Mengi from Man United, actually, playing really well. The other players that they've brought up work really hard, desire, listen to the manager, don't think they're too big for their boots. A lot of desire. A lot of... And they have quite a fit team as well, Luton. You know, one thing I will say about them for Man United, you got to watch them on the counter-attack. They attack with pace. Desire. You know, good, good showing they're showing. They're 17th right now in the league. So, they're not in relegation. I think they'll go to Old Trafford and expect to get a point, to be honest. I don't think they'll think, oh, they're going to beat us. No, not after they dealt with Liverpool last week. This is a very interesting game. Very interesting. But, I'm going to go with a Man United 2-0 victory. And the key man, Bruno Fernandes. The next game. Saturday, 3 o'clock. Arsenal versus Burnley. Arsenal are 4th, with 24 points. Burnley are 19th, with 4 points. Arsenal, a sign of a good team is you can take a loss, but you can get a lot of positives out of it. The positives out of the loss for me against Newcastle for Arsenal is they're very dogged. They're um, very organised. There's a togetherness. What they're waiting for is for their top players to come back into top form. But why doing that? They're they're not gonna concede loads of goals, you know. Lose games. Yes, they lost last week, but that was their first loss in the Premier League. So there's a there's a base to work from. You know, people think Man City just score loads of goals, but if you look, they don't hardly concede any. Being strong at the back does really help, because obviously forward players can have off days. There's a lot of positives for me for Arsenal. A lot of positives. They won't be wanting their best players. To step up going forward. But I have suggested in podcasts before. I was worried about the forward line scoring enough goals. As long as they chip in. They'll be okay. Regard Burnley. We've spoke about them before. Company look, looks like he ain't going to change. I don't know much about the players he's brought in. They're young. They're vibrant. Are they out of their depth? I don't know. But certainly things have to change. Because. They look like a walking loss, to be honest. At least with Luton, there's a sense of organisation. A sense of competing physically with the Premier League players. Because that's what Luton do. They've got very quick, strong, dynamic players. With Burnley, I think it's more pass with a few dynamic players. I don't think they can keep up. But Company's going to keep going. He's going to keep showing showing that he can do it. You know, I hope he's got a good relationship with his chairman because losing football matches usually means losing your job. And they're not—he's not going to be judged on away to Arsenal. My big worry is they're going to start taking a few tonkins because they can't—they can't score many goals and they concede loads of goals. Anyway, into the result, I'm going for an Arsenal win, and it's 3-1 to Arsenal. Key man, Gabriel Martinelli. The next game, Saturday, half past five. Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Bournemouth are 18th with 6 points. Newcastle are 6th with 20 points. This is a big football match for both teams. One for Bournemouth because they really need to start picking up points. They're at home. They're not winning many games. Confidence is low. It has to start somewhere. And these American owners don't really like to be in the bottom three, really. They've spent a lot of money, Bournemouth. For Newcastle... Champions League, League Cup, Premier League It's starting to take its toll Players are injured They're without a lot of attacking players But regards the point tally, the points tally If they were to go to Bournemouth with a depleted squad And get three points They're right in business The chances of them getting out of the Champions League group are Becoming slimmer and slimmer But they'll want to be there again next year So this is a big football match For them and for Bournemouth For Bournemouth They need to stop conceding goals and they need more up there forward players. I've said for a while on this podcast, Solanke could be one of the best strikers in the league. Pull your finger out, Dominic. Yeah? The managers put a lot of trust in you. You're a top player, mate. Wingers, Sinistera, come on. Tavernier, midfield. But the lack of midfield. Step up. For Newcastle, they're dogged. They're losing players left, right and centre. It's going to be a tough ass, to be honest. I don't think they're going to have one striker fit for the game. They're playing with full-backs, w- playing winger. The players are coming back from long trips in Germany and tough loss. And they've had a tough game against Arsenal. And they had a tough game against Manchester United. It takes its toll. It really does take its toll in the Premier League. But, you know, one thing you'll guarantee from Newcastle under this manager is they'll be organised, they'll be at it, and they'll give it a go. So this is a very competitive football match, if you ask me. And that's why I'm going for a draw. I'm going for a 1-1 draw. And a key man, as usual with Bournemouth, Dominic Solanke. The next game, Sunday, 2 o'clock. West Ham versus Nottingham Forest. West Ham are 12th on 14 points. Knox Forest are 13th on 13 points. So this is a big game between these two. If one was to win before the international break, they'd feel like a very good start to the season. Well, tell a lie, I think West Ham need to win. Forest are doing what they need to do. They're embedding a lot of young players, replenishing the squad with good, young, dynamic players, and it takes time. And they're doing a good job about it. With West Ham, they had a good start to the season, but the last two results really haven't helped. You know, losing at home to Everton and then at Brentford, and imagine losing at home to Forest as well. I think, you know, that's that's a lot of pressure on Moyes, to be honest with you. Because the start of the season was so good, you think you get nine points out of them games, you're on 21 points. And I, and I reckon the fans would have expected probably three victories. So it's a big game for West Ham. Problem is, like I've said all the time on my podcast with West Ham, is it's difficult to flick, flick a switch as a football player. To play so negative, and then suddenly to play so positive, there isn't a balance in it. So against Brentford... They've scored two goals, but then have conceded three. But usually they look don't look to concede. They don't really look. They look to counter. So this game they play quite well attacking, but they left themselves open. So finding the balance is very difficult, and that's something that they need to establish very quickly. Do they play Forest counter, or do they play this attacking way, where Forest with their fast players up front could possibly counter attack them? It's you know that's a job for the manager, unfortunately. Like I said with Forest, good players, good manager, good squad. I think Forest is going to be a team from February, is going to be a team that you don't want to go near. You wouldn't want to go near Nottingham Forest come February. Because I feel once they've been a few their young Brazilians, Elanga, um, Hudson the Gibbs White, a one-year, because he's been injured. They're going to be a handful for any team in the Premier League. Any team. Anyway, the result I'm going for is 2-1 Nottingham Forest. And the key man. Elanga. The next game, Sunday, two o'clock, Brighton versus Sheffield United. Brighton the seventh on eighteen points. Sheffield United the twentieth on four points. Brighton have just had an unbelievable victory against Ajax and also got a good, credible point at Everton. Sheffield United just coming off their first victory in the Premier League, but they're still bottom. They're still bottom. This is a game really about our Sheffield United got a bit of confidence now. From their first victory. Are they catching Brighton at the right time. Because Brighton are coming back from Europe. Or are Brighton on a high. Because they've just battered at Ajax away. And they're looking to think. We're playing bottom of the league. We're looking to give these a good old tonkin. They're the answers. Brighton. A lot of injuries. But I just love what they do. The squad. The young players. The way they play. There's a structure. The players know what they're doing. And... There's nothing more you could ask for in football, really, than that, really, as players. Knowing what your job is and knowing what your responsibility is. And I think that's what you get at bride to. Chef United, they, every, every week, there's rumours that the manager's getting sacked, but they're keeping by the manager, and they're so they should, really, because he's got them up. He ain't had a lot of money to spend. He's, they've lost two of their best players from last season, Berger, and the, and the boy up front. And it takes time to work with new players especially when they're not Premier League players What what's he supposed to do so keeping by him and hoping that he gets it right I think he's the right thing and over, up to the Newcastle result they were in every game so hopefully now you know they'll start being in, in games every week and be like Luton give people a game that's what I'd say for Now just give people a game every week anyway I think it'll be a tight hole affair and I'm going for a 2-1 victory to Brighton And the key man, Anzu Fatih. The next game, Sunday, 2 o'clock. Liverpool versus Brentford. Liverpool a third with 24 points. Brentford a ninth with 16 points. Liverpool coming off a really, really bad result, I think. I've spoken on the podcast many a time. I've said it. Most teams will look to take six points off Luton at the start of the Premier League season. The fact they've gone to Luton and drawed they won't be happy with the results if they'd won last week it went from they would only be a point behind City right now so they will know this is a big game where they need to pick up points especially when City away to Chelsea potentially drop points so this is a big big game for Liverpool regards Brentford the manager was fantastic a couple of weeks ago I was thinking they can't win the ple- the two lads up front ain't doing much they go to Chelsea and beat them 2-0 and then they beat West Ham at home 3-2 by coming behind the character in the team is fantastic. Like I've said, when the players know what they've got, their jobs are, they seem to be able to perform. Managers, good managers usually make a good team, as far as I'm concerned. And Brentford are a perfect example. I remember they're doing all this without their, their talismatic striker Ivan Tony. So great credit to him. Absolute great credit. And the biggest thing I'll say about this game, I don't know any game this season where Brentford have lost by more than one goal. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. They are a tough, tough game for any team in the Premier League, any team. So Liverpool will know that this is a tough game, but they'll also know they need to win. But they'll also know Brentford will come with a come with a plan to sit behind the ball and they have got to pace the pace to counter. Very, very good game. Anyway, I've got to give you my res- my result, and I'm going for a 2-1 Liverpool victory. And the key man, I'm gonna go with Jota. The next game. Sunday, 2 o'clock. Aston Villa versus Fulham. Aston Villa are 5th on 22 points. Fulham are 15th on 12 points. Aston Villa coming off a bad loss to Forest, really. And Fulham coming off a bad loss to Man United, really. So two teams looking to make a bounce back. Regards, Villa, I think this is a very key game. Obviously, at home, they're they're unbeatable at the minute. No one can beat them. So they'll go. They'll go. They're expecting to win. Especially with Fulham, playing Fulham who is quite toothless really. But still, they need to do a job. Because I'm sure the fixture list ain't kind for them when they come back. They've got a lot of tough games coming up Villa. Where if they can get the points on the board in this game, it'll really help. regards Fulham, I don't really know what to say. They're lacking a striker, aren't they? They're lacking a punch. And the manager's doing his best to play different players in different positions. And they're playing quite well. When they lost to Tottenham, they played quite well. They lost 2-0. When they played at Man United, they played quite well. They're just two-fluss. That's not really his fault, really. They haven't really replaced Mitrovic. You know, Jimenez, he probably bought him on the cheap to do a job, but he ain't the man to to score the goals, unfortunately. I don't think he scored for nearly two years in the Premier League. So it's 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 just do what he's doing. Hopefully one of the wingers, wingers produce a bit of magic and keep it tight at the back when try not to do what they done last week and concede in the 90th minute by a silly mistake. And that's the thing with Fulham at the back. They, do, they don't get opened up. They do quite a few silly mistakes. So, they'll hope to keep that out and counter. For Villa, they're at home. They'll expect to win and I expect them to win. To be honest with you. And the result I'm going for is 2-1 to Villa. And the key man, Ollie Watkins. The next and last game of the weekend. Chelsea Versus Manchester City. Chelsea are 10th on 15 points. Man City are 1st with 27 points. Big, big football match and I'm really looking forward to it. Chelsea have got the midfield that can go toe-to-toe with Manchester City. And that's what I'm most looking forward to, really. I don't think Rodri's going to have an easy game. I don't think Bernardo Silva's going to have an easy game. I don't think Foden and, and all the midfielders... Are gonna have an easy game against Chelsea. Chelsea have got the midfield that can compete against any team, but also what they've got Chelsea is the counter attacking ability with the pace up front of Sterling and Jackson and the guile of Palmer. And like I've said on before on the podcast, this Palmer player really impresses me. He's a mixture of Myers and Bernardo Silva. He's silky defensively. Obviously Chelsea are quite strong as well, so it's, it's this is a really really good game. Chelsea are 10th, only on 15 points. But they are, they don't lose by much. And they don't really get battered if that, they just don't score enough goals, really. Regards City, two good victories. Battered Bournemouth. Battered Manchester United. Battered young boys. You know, they'll know this is the toughest test they've faced in a while. Since since Arsenal. So the pet will know this. And he'll set them up like, like he knows it. This is a great game. You know, really, really great game. Potts usually he, he does do well against Guardiola, but Guardiola obviously does well against him. This is a good game. Will Chelsea cope with cope with the uh, Harlan? Will Man City cope with the counter attack? Interesting, very interesting. Anyway, the result I'm going for is a one-one draw, and a key man. I'm gonna go with Palmer. Thank you very much for listening. I don't really, not getting enough feedback. Come on, give us a bit of feedback. Let me know what you think. I'm on Instagram. Let me know. Pass on the message about the real shh. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.